join with me for the next few minutes while I share with you a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. This afternoon, I want to take as my thumbnail this portion of Scripture from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. This is part of our Lord's teaching in the subject of prayer. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now many within Christendom are familiar with what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. For centuries the Lord's Prayer has been recited by countless thousands of people. Even liberal and apostate churches will recite what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. But you know one thing to recite the Lord's Prayer, it's quite another thing to try and understand what you're actually praying. It's not enough just to pray words, to be vain in repetition, but we need to think and try and understand what we're actually reciting. And that's what I want to try and do this afternoon in this thumbnail. I want to try and get, leave a picture with you of understanding the Lord's Prayer. How can we break it up? I believe there's four parts to the Lord's Prayer. First of all, there's a privileged relationship here. Our Father, which art in heaven. See, the Lord Jesus said, After this manner, therefore pray ye. He said when the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. He said this, when ye pray, say, Our Father. We have a, a privileged relationship of addressing God as Heavenly Father, not just as the Almighty, not just as the God of heaven and earth, not just as the Shepherd of Israel, not just as the living and the true God, but we have a privilege of being able to say, Our Father. God is not distant. God is not far from any one of us. How could we address God as Our Father? The answer is we've been born into God's family. Remember the Lord Jesus said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And by the new birth, not by baptism, but by the new birth, by birth, we've been brought into the family of God. Jesus Christ is our Saviour, we're indwelt by the Spirit, we're washed in the blood. But we can address and call God as our Father. And that's a, a privileged relationship. God is not the father of all men. God is the father of those that are redeemed and washed in the precious blood of Christ, who've been adopted into his family. So by virtue of our union with Christ, we have a wonderful privilege of addressing God as our father. We're remembering, of course, where he lives. He lives in heaven. It's nothing to do with the sky. It's nothing to do with the atmospheric heavens where the planets and the stars are. It has to do with the third heaven. Paul was caught up to the third heaven. That's the place where God dwells. And by faith, through prayer, in Christ, we can have the privilege of remembering our Father which art 
in heaven. So there's a privileged relationship here. But could I suggest also there's a respectful reverence here. You see, when we come to God, remember it's hallowed be thy name. Well, what does that mean? God's name is sacred. Holy and reverent is his name, the Bible says. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, whenever Isaiah the prophet, in the very year that King Uzziah had died, he was in the house of God, in the temple. And he was at prayer. Obviously, he was worshipping God. And the Lord gave him a vision of himself. And what was that vision about? The seraphims with six wings, two to cover their face, two to cover their body, with two to fly. And what were they crying day and night? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, which is to come. And of course, that's a tremendous truth for us to remember. Holiness uh, belongeth unto the Lord. God is intrinsically and absolutely holy in the essence of his being. But it's not only hallowed be thy name, it's thy kingdom come. And the word kingdom refers to the rule and reign of God. A kingdom of grace now, a kingdom of glory that's yet to be revealed. And then we also think about the words, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think of how the will of God is done by the unsinning angels instantly and gladly. And they, they obey the, the, the will and voice of their uh, uh, God in heaven. And God's creatures on earth are to do the same thing. Do you desire the will of God? Remember, it's he that doeth the will of God from the heart. Not perfectly, but purposefully to strive to fulfill God's will. So, so there's a, 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 a reverence, a respectful reverence that, that is, is brought into our minds as we think about who and what God is. But, but then think about these pointed petitions. Give us this day our daily bread. That has to do with the provision of all our temporal needs. Psalmist said, daily he loadeth me with benefits. All our gifts for sustaining our lives physically, materially and temporally on this earth come from God, even the gift of our breath. Because he's the God in whose hand our breath is. Never take life for granted. Don't take any good gift for granted because they all come down from God. They, they come from him who is the father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And then the uh, Lord Jesus taught his disciples, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Of course, we have sin that we need to confess. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's important that we recognize that we sin against the Lord every day in thought and word and deed. And we need fresh cleansing in the blood. And we go and confess because the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And those that are truly forgiven of all their sins, they'll have a forgiving spirit within their heart. They not harbour grudges, they not get mad, they not get even, they not seek revenge because they'll commit themselves to God. They'll remember that vengeance belongeth unto me, saith the Lord. And they will have a truly forgiving spirit, even of all their enemies that want to do them hurt and do them harm. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I believe that a truly forgiven man will have a truly forgiven spirit. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation, uh, those very areas in which we would uh, find ourselves readily running to sin. Even in the midst of our trials, uh, we can sin against the Lord, but we can doubt his goodness uh, and we can question his wisdom and his judgment. Uh, and then he adds another petition, and deliver us from evil. 
That's a reference to the evil one. That's a reference to the devil. And I want you to think of this pointed request. And it's very, very uh, good that you understand this. Only one of those petitions had to do with man's temporal and bodily need. And of course, what has become a god to men in this age? Men have become lovers of themselves. And it's all about me. And it's all about give me. Whereas there's only one petition, give me or give us this day our daily bread. The rest of these petitions has to do with the spiritual aspect of man. You see, the soul of man is first. Man's spiritual needs is paramount over his bodily needs. Because what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And we, we can thank God for riches. We can thank God for material provision. We can thank God for the gift of food and many other things. But let's not neglect that which is spiritual. The need of forgiveness of sins. The need of being a, a forgiving person. The, the need of being uh, led away from the paths of temptation. The, the, the need for deliverance from the evil one. And, and then think of this um, uh, powerful rendition at the end. It says at the end of the prayer, here's the fourth aspect. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You, you think of that. For thine is the kingdom. What does that mean? It, it means that God is sovereign. It means that God is in control. It, it means that God is in absolutely involved in every state of man's affairs. That there's nothing happens by chance. That, that God is over all. That God is ruling over all. That God is absolutely sovereign. For thine is the kingdom. The, the, the word kingdom has to do with the reign and the rule of God. And, and even the, the, the devils uh, carry out the will of God and can only work according to God's eternal will and eternal purpose. For thine is the kingdom and the power. God is all-powerful. Uh, we believe in the omnipotence of God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. Uh, power belongeth unto God. Oh, that we could discover that. We're, we're not masters of our own destiny because God is absolutely powerful. No man can fight. God can win. God can bring us down. Uh, Julian the apostate discovered that in the battlefield as he lay dying. He put his hand to his wound. He drew out his blood in his hand and he, he cried out, O thou Galilean, thou hast conquered. And the glory. Oh, that we could discover something of the glory of God. For man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him. God is glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. For thine is the glory forever and ever. The kingdom's his, the power is his, the glory is his. And then it closes with the word Amen. Amen means so shall it be. It's not just the end of the prayer. It means so shall it be. So what is the Lord's Prayer about? How often have you said it? Christendom has recited it for thousands of years. What does it mean? It points us to a privileged relationship. Our Father which art in heaven. Do you know God is your Father? Have you been redeemed by blood? Have you got this particular reverence for God where you're thinking that his name is holy and his kingdom coming of grace and glory is paramount and most important to you? Do you... Uh, live to do the will of God as the will of God is done in heaven? Do, do you hate your sin and turn from it and love righteousness? Can, can you make this pointed petition, give us this day our daily bread? And yet, just have one petition to do with your needs. 
a, a, in a physical sense, but the other petitions have to do with your spiritual needs because you're living in light of eternity. You're living with the spiritual in view. You're putting your soul first and its particular needs before God. Could I ask you, can you make this rendition of praise unto the Lord and rejoice for his is the kingdom because you have bowed the knee. You're thinking about God as your king and you're his subject and you live to do as well. And you acknowledge that he's all powerful. You acknowledge that he's ever glorious. And you say, he's like this forever, for he's unchangeable. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. And you bow your head and say, Amen. So shall it be. So the next time you recite the Lord's Prayer, and I encourage you to do that. I would that the Lord's Prayer was said more in public worship, even in our own free Presbyterian churches. I would that the Lord's Prayer was taught again in schools and in religious assemblies right across the board, and and that we would restore something that has been lost to a generation of children. How many children today can recite the Lord's Prayer? How many children understand the Lord's Prayer? I leave these four parts with you, and I trust that the Lord will give you a little insight into what the prayer actually means. I'm only scratching the surface. Whole books have been written on this subject, but I trust that this little breakdown will will whet your appetite for a deeper study into this glorious truth this afternoon. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.